Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. Today for Song of the Soul, we welcome back David Lamott. If you've listened to my previous visits with David, you'll know why I was eager to welcome him back through his music that is so clearly rooted, both in place and meaning and in spirit, David Enchants. Today's selections are all from his latest album, Still, where the fruits of the altered life of the past four years since the start of the pandemic are abundant. This is David's 13th album. He's put out three books. He founded the Jewish-Muslim-Christian trio known as Abraham Jam and much more. Thanks to Andrew Jansen for production assistance on this show. David Lamott now comes to us via Zoom from Black Mountain, North Carolina. David, it's a delight to have you back for Song of the Soul. Always a pleasure, Mark. Thanks for the hospitality. So I've had you with me, uh, I don't know, a number of times, a handful of times. Some of the time was as part of your work with Abraham Jam. And just looking through my correspondence with you, I saw this reminder from back in 2020, I think it was, about the documentary about Abraham Jam, Embraided Prayer. And you know, I went and watched the video finally. It's four years late almost. How did that go? It was beautiful. I'm really proud of the film. I'm really proud of the 10 years we spent making music together. It's a gorgeous project. And I've actually been in touch with both of those guys in the last 48 hours. They remain very close friends, though we're not touring these days. When I was looking at the credits, believe it or not, I was actually watching the credits. <laughs> Classy, Mark. Way to go. Uh -huh. Unusual obsessions I have. I saw, of course, names like when you see Yusuf Islam, of course, that is understood. And I know that Dawood has had connection with Yusuf. But the other name that I don't know if it's just someone you know or Billy knows, Brandy Hubiak. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you know Brandy. Sure. Brandy used to do some publicity for me. She's wonderful. Oh, yeah. well, I met her when I was visiting Black Earth. There's the community, Earth Haven Eco Village. Earth Haven. Yeah. Earth that Haven, that right. she was at. And I was going by visiting Earth Haven and taught her some folk dances. Back, I, <laughs> I think it was in 2001, believe it or not. She's actually a, a beloved belly dancer in Asheville. She's an accomplished belly dancer, does a lot of that. Well, she struck me immediately as a very talented person, just one of the entourage that I think that you, Billy Dawood, you're part of a creative community. I feel so grateful to be a part of this community. It is, it's truly overwhelming, Mark, that people around here have no idea how rare it is to have such a confluence of creative minds and hearts. It's just astounding. We've got beautiful performance venues. Like, I really believe we have more really classy listening rooms than I really can't think of another city, large or small, in the U.S. that has this many listening rooms at this size. It's just beautiful. 
Yeah, and Chris Rosser was telling me about the place where he's become kind of the house musician for that. I was wondering if David Lamott ever played the bar scene. You know, you were kind of one of those musicians. Oh, man, absolutely. The first few years of my career, that's all I did. I would literally come home from these gigs after doing four sets of 45 minutes or something. I would come home and I would take my clothes off at the door because I didn't want them in the house because they smelled so badly of smoke. And <laughs> it was four o'clock in the morning. So who's going to notice, right? <laughs> By the time <laughs> I got loaded up and drove home. So yeah, I'd spent a lot of time playing to the backs of people's heads while they watched the baseball game at the other end of the bar. It's an incredible education. I learned so much by doing that. It's not soul crushing for you? Yes, and. So you have to kind of differentiate between the value of what you do and the response that you get, which are two different things. And so it taught me a lot, but it also just taught me a lot about performance. Because I think most young musicians, when they find themselves in a situation like this, where they're not being listened to, the natural inclination is to turn your sound up. But in fact, what captures people's attention is dynamics. If you suddenly disappear and get real quiet, people turn around to see what's going on. It's fascinating. Well, I'm pretty sure you don't do a lot of that kind of work anymore. And especially if Asheville, North Carolina has all of these wonderful listening rooms. I mean, that's where a musician like you wants to play. Well, the truth is I don't play around Asheville too much. I'd play two or three times a year because I want it to be an event. But you're right. It's been many, many years since I've had to play to people who weren't there to hear me. And that's nice. I really think there are two kinds of venues. One where music is featured and beer may be provided. And then the kind where beer is featured and music may be provided. And they are fundamentally different things. <laughs> Well, it is wonderful, the music that you do on your own with Abraham Jam. Are there other collaborations that you're a part of? You know, the other one I did for a while, which was really, really fun, was a trio called the Three Davids with a hat tip to the Three Tenors. And that was me and David Wilcox and David Holt, who are both people I deeply admire and consider friends. And that was just a beautiful, fun adventure. David Holt is not in the best of health these days, and he's not performing anymore, so that one won't happen again. But I get together with David Wilcox from time to time, play a little bit. And I have interviewed him. People can find that interview on NorthernSpiritRadio.org on my Song of the Soul program. Let's talk about your latest album. It's called Still. If I understand correctly, this album grew out of your experience of COVID, of the pandemic, of living in a different life, I think, than what we call normal. That's right. My normal is not everybody's normal. I've been on the road for 33 years, I guess, with just a couple of interruptions of that. One when I stopped to go do a master's degree for a couple of years and one when COVID stopped me. So it was a fascinating time and just being home for two or three years was a staggeringly unusual experience for me. And I learned a lot from it and I was just happy to have some time with my family. But I also got to watch seasons change in one place. And so it's interesting to me. I didn't set out to do this, but there's so many references to seasons changing on this album. It was interesting to realize that after I had put it together. The thing that happened for my wife and I during COVID was finding all of the wonderful places to walk, to hike around our area. We didn't have to go but a couple miles and we found all kinds of trails and paths and interesting things that were part of it. Was this part of your daily discipline? 
I can't claim that it was part of my daily discipline, but yes, we did spend more time outside, and that is also a gift. And of course, living in the mountains of Western North Carolina, we've got lots of good options for that. My experience of the album still is that it feels to me like you were doing journaling. I don't know if you ever have kept a journal, a diary, if you've kept that kind of thing. Of course, it's real common amongst Quakers to do that kind of thing. But as I listened to the music, I said, oh, he's just taking the journal of David Lamott and converting it into an album. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. That's a pretty good insight. I like slice of life kind of moments that you can drop into in a song. I love the, I sometimes call it the generality of specificity principle. You know, if you can be honest about a very particular thing, very often it turns out that it reflects other people's experience as well. Because we're all living individual lives, but we're all painting off the same palette of emotions. So if you can tell a story about a thing that happens that summons a particular emotion, people relate to the emotion, even if the story is different from their own. I think that's a pretty cool sleight of hand that can happen with all art, really, but certainly with songs. Something people should know about David Lamont that maybe is not completely obvious just because you're a musician is the part of your work on healing the world that's very intentional, that you studied for, that you work on. Could you elaborate a bit on that for our listeners for Song of the Soul? Sure. And let me just say, I guess part of my general orientation to that work is reflected in the idea that when you say healing the world, that sounds like a very grand thing, right? Part of what I'm contending is that it's not naive to think you can change the world. It's naive to think you could be in the world and not change it. Everything you do changes the world a little bit. So it makes sense to bring a certain level of intention to the changes that we're making. And I'm going to say that the idea of healing the world, of changing the world, is actually not grandiose because it does happen in small incremental efforts. And all large-scale change is made up of many, many small changes. doesn't mean that all small changes lead to big ones, but all big ones are made up of millions of small ones. And I think that's an important thing to remember because it's so easy to feel overwhelmed by the world. And if we believe that we've got to do something heroic in order to have an impact, which I think is a story that's deep in a lot of us, whether we intellectually think about it that way or not, it's a story that we're soaked in all the time. This hero narrative where people make grand gestures and fix the problem and then you roll the credits. And that's just never happened in the history of the world when you're looking at a large scale change happens on a small scale sometimes, but large-scale change is always affected by movements. And movements are made up of a lot of people moving in the same direction, doing a little bit each. And that's really what changes the world. So we don't have to be caught up in grand gestures. We can find our people, the people who care about what we care about, and show up and do a little bit each. So I have written a book. I wrote actually two different editions of the book. The new one came out this past summer under a new title. It's called you are changing the world whether you like it or not. I do a fair amount of speaking and, and workshop facilitation and such with folks about that topic. And I did go do this master's degree in, in peace studies in Australia at the University of Queensland as a Rotary Peace Fellow. I got this beautiful fellowship from Rotary International and then worked with Gandhian folks in rural India for a time in the middle of that master's degree as part of my field study. 
And I've had some just extraordinary experiences. I've had some amazing opportunities to get to be in places where incredible things were happening. I got to work with Reverend Barber, William Barber, really closely on the Moral Monday movement, went to jail with him, had all kinds of adventures there. I stood next to Pete Seeger on stage and sang songs with him. And I got to be on the Nobel Peace Prize nominating committee for the AFSC. Uh, I was the clerk of that for several years. So I'm kind of humbled by the places I've gotten to be over the last few years, just by leaning a little bit in that direction, sort of illustrating the thing that I'm trying to contend. It's wonderful work that you do. And a lot of people are doing wonderful work. When I raise up yours, some people might say, oh, you're trying to make him the hero or something. I think everyone's a hero and we just need to cheer for one another. We have a procedure we do as part of our men's group. We do a short check-in, some announcements, we may have an activity, and then we do recognitions. Every man gets to ask for recognition for something. And it's done cleanly and with support of each other. And we just don't do that for one another often enough, men in particular. It's always the thing, if you want to guarantee to make me cry, lift up someone who is generally overlooked and celebrate them in a public setting. And I just, I'm a puddle. It's people do need to be recognized and it's a beautiful thing. But I think the difference between heroes and leaders is really important to articulate because we outsource change to heroes. We ask them to do it for us. And then our only job is to clap. Leaders invite us into the work with them of loving the world. And that's a better model, I think. Well, a lot of our listeners for Song of the Souls say, that's all very wonderful. If we were doing a spirit in action interview, we would talk <laughs> about all that. But they say, where's the music? So, David, where's the music? Where should we start? I think we'll start with the song Here For You, which was kind of inspired by my friend Gareth Higgins, who taught me that the two fundamental rules for community are bring what you have and ask for what you need. We're going to go straight into it. Here For You by David Lamont. Looking out my Monday window with so few cars driving by The main street of this river town is strangely still and quiet The days flow by so slowly with no rhythm to the song I'm Trying to dodge the boulders as the water rolls along Back in March there was a meeting at the VFW They said we're all in the same boat, but it really isn't true some boats have big motors and some have wooden oars Some folks are in the water trying to swim back to the shore Our lives hang by a thread, but you weave those threads together They will make a rope that's strong enough to hold on to each other If we all will pull a little, then just maybe we'll pull through As long as I'm here We'll be here for you. There are many who need comfort, there are many mouths to feed. So bring what you can offer and ask for what you need. Let's be gentle with each other. 
We won't always get it right You don't have to be a hero Just lean a little toward the light You don't have to say we're okay Let's just stick to what is true You don't have to smile and fake it God knows I'm struggling too Lives hang by a thread But you weave those threads together They will make a rope that's strong enough To hold on to each other If we all will pull a little Then just maybe we'll pull through And as long as I'm here I said as long as I am here I will be Our guest today for Song of the Soul is David Lamott. That's his song, Here For You, one of the wonderful tracks on his album, Still. Again, this was written over the period of COVID, over this time when we're discovering a new rhythm of life, a new way of being present. What specifically in that song feels like it best expresses your heart? Good question. That was the first song that I wrote during the pandemic. And you can hear my wonder in the lyrics at my little town having no cars on the streets, you know, or very few. And what a strange thing that was to perceive when everybody was staying home. But I, I guess, really, I, I would hearken back to my friend Gareth's wisdom that I included in that song. Gareth wrote a wonderful book called How Not to Be Afraid that has really been a good guide for me. So that, that song says, there are many who need comfort. There are many mouths to feed. So bring what you can offer and ask for what you need. That's really the heart of the song for me. That's what I'm trying to say. Do you have a hard time with being overly in demand? I'm an extrovert. And, you know, in the Quaker universe, that makes me a minority. I'm active with this men's group for more than 32 years. I've got widely flung communities that I'm connected with. And so it's not unusual for me to keep all my friends of many decades. My wife sometimes thinks like, well, why don't you just go introvert for a while? We're actually going to take three days where we're going to be doing that because we don't normally do that. I keep the doors open. What about for David Lamott? Does that happen? Well, I'm an introvert in an extrovert's line of work. I'm the flip side of you in that way. And so I do have to be intentional about having downtime. I'm super grateful. I would never want to sound like I'm complaining about the fact that folks are inviting me to come do things. That's wonderful. And yes, it is hard for me to set boundaries around that and make sure that I'm not depleting the well. So yeah, that is a bit of a challenge for me. I travel a great deal, but I also am nourished, even as an introvert, I'm nourished by community. I want my life to matter. And if I get indications that my work is mattering, that helps. That's a good thing to know. So it's, it's really a joy for me. It keeps me going to see that there was some impact. Well, I know that your music keeps a lot of people going. Your songs are personal energizers, I think, for many people. Could you share another one so people can understand what we're talking about? Absolutely. Let's play one of those season songs. Why don't we play Still? Still. 
You use the word a couple times in the song, and it's the name of the album. It feels like a bouncy song to me. It's got that kind of uplifting energy. Where did it come in process of putting the album together or COVID or how does it situated in your creative process? Well, I was taking one of those hikes that you mentioned earlier during COVID by myself, actually just went out in the woods off of the Blue Ridge Parkway in Asheville. And I remember very distinctly how this song came to be. I was walking in the woods and you could just feel the first breath of spring in the air. But it was definitely still winter and the trees were bare. And you know how there's a, a gentle whoosh of, of tree branches often when you're walking in the woods in the late winter. This time there was that, but there was also this really sharp sound that I thought was quite beautiful where a couple of branches were knocking into each other. And I don't know if they were hollow or that was a dead tree or, or what it was, but it, it was such a beautiful tone. It sounded like a side stick on a snare. It was this particular click. I thought that was really cool, and I was feeling really energized, just as you say. Glad you got that, because that's exactly how I was feeling. Just with the coming of spring, I was feeling nourished by that. And this lyric started to run in my head, and when it did, it came in this incredibly complex, different kind of rhyme scheme from anything I've ever written in my life. It's my 13th album. I've never written a song remotely like this one. Because every couplet in the verses... The last sound of the couplet is the first sound in the next couplet. And the last sound of that couplet is the first sound in the next couplet. That goes all the way to the choruses. Last sound in the verse is the first sound in the chorus. Last sound in the chorus is the first sound in the next verse. Even across the little solo sections where there's music for a bit, it still picks up that thread again. And then you get to the end of the song, and the last word of the song is the first word of the song and also the title of the album. This sounds complex. I did study a little bit of poetry along the way back in high school and uh, iambic decometer to, I don't know, I'm not sure what you just <laughs> All did. All the things, right. Is yeah. there a name for what you just did? I think there's a name, but I have no idea what it is. I once did have a poet come up to me afterwards after I had explained this on stage and say, oh, that's called such and such. And I said, wow, fascinating. I have to remember that. And then I did not. So, um, yeah, we'll have to find somebody smarter than us to ask about that. Well, I think it is usually helpful for most of us to know, even in the dead of winter, that the light comes, that the buds come out. I live in a place where there is winter. I kind of think you don't, David, by the way. <laughs> comparatively, <laughs> yeah, comparatively. Okay. Yes, yes. Well, I really do enjoy singing this song. It's kind of fun to watch people try to track what's happening if they're interested in that kind of thing. Of course, you can just listen to the song and not pay any attention to the structure. But I sometimes do the song as a poem. I do this lyric and just recite the lyric as a poem. And that's really fun, too, so that people can really focus on it. Enjoy David Lamott's creativity, his expression, and his uplifting energy in Still. Still the chill in the air, the winter is waning, and springtime is winning. I swear that it will. Will you come with me to greet the new morning? The new buds are forming, the sky's turning blue. Blue by so much of my life looking down Like a sad painted clown But I'll wipe that face off Often I've dreamed of this kind of adventure And this is the clincher I'm inviting you Ooh, don't you want to come with me 
again And hey, yeah, you keep talking about changes This just might be the title of David Lamott's latest album and that song title track you can track him down on davidlamott.com Lamott you all know because you speak French fluently it's L-A-M-O-T-T-E I don't even know if it's French that you originate from but I kind of figure it would be mais oui bien sûr <laughs> ok on va faire l'entrevue en français puisque nous pouvons le faire <laughs> David Lamott has been my guest before a couple times on northernspiritradio.org, including a recent holidays of 2023. You check that out. Uh, just come to northernspiritradio.org and search for his name. He's friends with all kinds of people. He mentioned earlier David Wilcox, and there's any number of his friends who are my friends too because they make the kind of music that I want to raise up. And you can check that all out on my site. You can also post comments, and we do love two-way communication. 
Some of the world just likes to tell you what to think, and that's not what I'm interested in. So please do give us your feedback, give us suggestions, direction. When you visit nordenspiritradio.org, you can also donate. Full-time work that we do is supported by listeners, not by corporations, not by government. It's from you, the listeners, because we don't want to have divided loyalties, and that too easily happens otherwise. So please support us if you can and support the many radio stations that carry our program, 30 five plus community radio stations across the nation are carrying this program so please support them they run on a shoestring and so if you could just lend your shoestrings we maybe can keep the shoes on and make <laughs> it run again david lamott is here we're talking about songs from his 13th album it's called still and we just talked about still we're feeling a little bit optimistic in that song i guess maybe <laughs> anytime i see a seed come up i was wondering you know i lived in africa for two years just on the equator and they do have wet season dry season so there are seasons of sort but one of the things I've taken for granted, having lived in Wisconsin almost all my life, is that you need a dormant season. You need a time where you build up your energy, you go to your center, you pull your defenses around you. And I think on the equator, it doesn't work quite the same way. Although rain can do the same thing as that the cold does here. What about for you? Are you a seasonal person that way? Do you close down and prepare your seed power? <laughs> yeah, I love seasons. I grew up in Florida and didn't have them at all down there or very little. I'm now in the mountains of Western North Carolina where I feel like we've got four seasons that are roughly equal in length, which is pretty neat. So I know there are some places where, you know, spring and fall are about a week long and um, then you have summer and you have winter. But I really love three and a half of the seasons. I love spring and summer and fall and the first half of winter and then I'm done and I'm really ready for spring after the first half. But I do treasure the dormancy and I am home for a little while right now. It feels really good to be off the road for a bit. Of course, I'm also maintaining a relationship digitally. You know, things changed a lot in the pandemic and we found ways to be community across miles. So I'm, I'm very grateful to still have that as a part of my life, even in the winter. Let's go on to another of your songs so people get as much of a taste as they can of David Lamott and still, where's next? Let's stay with spring. Play the other spring song on the album, which is called Coming Alive Again. This is one of my favorites. Somehow, when you come into the chorus on this song, I find it particularly, it's that blessed feeling I get when spring is upon me. This one really hits that. But I assumed in this song, it was not just spring that was coming alive, but it was some of the oppressive disconnection that happened during the pandemic that was lightning. These are happening together. Absolutely. Yeah, we actually moved during the pandemic and we moved one mile. We needed to move my father-in-law in with us because he was in failing health and we lost him about a year ago. But he was with us for the last couple of years under this roof and for almost a decade before that, living right next door. That was a big change for us. I had lived in that little cabin that I lived in for about 25 years. And we moved right in the middle of the pandemic. And it was such a short distance. So really moving involved mostly me going back and forth with my Honda Element about 873 times with three boxes each time. And we got in this new house and we moved into it in the middle of the winter. So I didn't know what it looked like until spring came around. And I already lived in this place 
and I didn't know where I was. And what I saw happening outside the window that spring was also kind of happening in my heart as we began to emerge from the pandemic. Beautiful song by David Lamott, Coming Alive Again. that we chose But we hid out in our houses Till the medicine arrived Now the buds have turned to blossom Stepping to the other side
I hope our Song of the Soul listeners felt life coursing back into them as they listened to David Lamott's song, Coming Alive Again. Again, his website is davidlamott.com. The link's on nordenspiritradio.org. Rising from winter, rising from the pandemic, the seclusion, the loss of communal energy. It was slowed down significantly by the pandemic. And there's happy endings to it, I guess, even while there's a lot of tribulation along the way. And we're, of course, never completely out of the woods. There's always events that are going to be hard for us wherever we are and whatever time. But to feel the life, I think, gives us energy to go on. And you do that so well, David. Thank you, friend. I did feel some deep loss in the pandemic. I lost several people that I loved to the disease early on. And about half a dozen people that I knew died from COVID. And obviously, that's incredibly hard. And as you say, the shredding of the fabric of society, you know, the distancing from each other happened at lots of levels, not just geographically and physically. And there is a lot of healing to do. And in some ways, honestly, Mark, I feel like we've just all kind of plunged back into work. And I don't feel like we've mourned. I don't feel like we've processed culturally what we lost and this traumatic thing that we all went through together from various locations and, and perspectives. So I think that's part of the, the work of artists. You know, we've got to give people a place to feel things. I need that myself. So that's part of the discipline of writing. One of the benefits for many of us was the extra time we got with family. That can also be torture because there's this thing called cabin fever. <laughs> uh, I don't know if your family was used to having you around so much. Is, was that a good thing or a bad thing? Or how did that go? Yes. <laughs> it was a good thing or a bad thing. So yeah, it was, it was wonderful actually on the whole. And I actually am, am really thrilled to find that my marriage in particular has moved fairly gracefully through all these different seasons of our lives. I do a lot of traveling. And so Deanna has been accustomed to that for many years. But when we went for a couple of years and I did that master's in Australia, you know, we were together all the time and it was lovely. And over the pandemic, again, we were together all the time. And I'm just so grateful for that break in some ways. I was going to ask you something about that. The study that you did there, you said in Queensland in Australia, that's one of the states of Australia that I didn't visit. I visited uh, three, four, five of them. I don't know what it was. And peace studies there specifically. There's lots of other places you could have done peace studies, but why Australia? Are they particularly peaceful? I didn't know that. <laughs> I could give you a longer answer about Australia and peace studies, but the Rotary Peace Fellowship, which fully funded my master's degree, has five peace centers around the world that you can attend. One of them is in the United States. It's a cooperative program between Duke and UNC, which I always say is already peacemaking. But that one was off limits for me because one of the rules of the program is you can't study in your own country, which makes great sense for a program that's really focused on international peace work. So I was looking at several programs. There's one in Bradford, England. I was really tempted by the one in Tokyo. That was my second choice. But I landed on the University of Queensland as my top choice, and that is where they sent me. And it was a beautiful experience. It's a great school, University of Queensland in Brisbane. Yeah, it was extraordinary. You go through the program with a cohort of 10 Rotary Peace Fellows, 
and they are from all over the world. And so I, I really learned as much from my cohort as I did from my professors. It sounds really, really cool. I hope people listening here to Song of the Soul say, hey, maybe that's the kind of thing I could do. Maybe I could find a way to step up my energy for making the world a better place through some such thing. The, the international connection. It's one thing most of us can easily love someone in our own family. We can love someone in our own city. Maybe in the neighboring state, it starts stretching, you know, whatever. It, and it, just to increase our sense of who we are together, as opposed to me and then them, it transforms it to spend time elsewhere, which I think had a big influence on me by doing Peace Corps in West Africa. The world became more of me and I was of the world. Yeah. If we can expand the boundaries of us, that really does change everything. Well, let's expand the repertoire of music we're sharing today with another song. What's next? So I'm going to stick with the season's theme, but go to a different one. We listened to a song together that was about the cusp of winter turning to spring. And I want to go six months later to the cusp of summer turning to fall and a song, September Me. I started a Patreon community serendipitously four months before the pandemic hit. And I kind of found my rhythm before the pandemic hit. And then a lot of people joined it. And one of the things that I promised my Patreon people is that I will write them a new song every month. So over the course of the pandemic, I wrote 36 songs or so. I've written 45 songs in the last 45 months. And that meant that I went in to make this album with twice as many songs as I needed, which was the first time I've ever done that. It's my 13th album, and I've never had a significant surfeit of songs. It was really amazing to have that luxury. But this song, September Me, I was up against the end of the month, and I owed my people a song. And I gave myself an assignment, and I'm not exactly sure where this arose, but I was thinking about the question, what would the word September mean if it were a verb? And that was what I was playing with when I wrote this song. Man, I love the summer with its wet green life just buzzing everywhere. But there's nothing like the first scent of the turning when you catch it in the air. There's something like a promise in a cobalt blue electric autumn sky. Like there's wisdom in the rhythm, like it's okay that the time keeps flowing by. September me, like an old fin at the door. Sky me with the beauty of the light I've seen a thousand times before. Undo me with the tiniest of flickers at the corner of your smile. Let's take a little time to take a little time and rest ourselves a while. Dial a number and anyone might answer where you call Now you call somebody and their body might be anywhere at all Everything keeps changing with the seasons The waves become the tide 
I'm just trying to keep my head above the water I don't want to miss the ride September me Like an old friend at the door Blue sky me with the beauty of the light I've seen a thousand times before Until me with the tiniest of flickers At the corner of your smile Let's take a little time To take a little time And rest ourselves a while She said something But I didn't really hear her I was looking at my phone So she said again Sometimes when we're together I feel like I'm alone I said love I'll be right with you I just gotta do one thing She took my face in both her gentle hands And whispered You've been saying that since spring Like an old friend at the door Blue sky me till the shell falls from my soul And I feel like myself once more Until me with the tiniest of flickers With the corner of your smile Let's take a little time To take a little time And rest ourselves a while Let's take a little time, take a little time, and rest ourselves a while. Let's take a little time. Another wonderful song from David Lamott. DavidLamott.com is his website, September Me. The part I'm still stuck on in that song is looking at the phone. I'm going to finish up something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm trying to keep it real there. Trying to keep it real. Yeah, I always people are always surprised at that line when I'm singing the song because it is such a you know it's not a particularly romantic image for the middle of this song, and it's a little bit shocking. Sometimes people laugh out loud when I sing that line. But it's kind of poignant, you know? I mean, our infinite distractibility is pretty detrimental to relationship. I wanted to be honest about that. And mind you, I think that you and I have been trained to center down more than most people, to not be distracted by things. And yet life will grab you by the short hairs. I don't know where those are, but (laughs) anyway... Life will grab you, and I feel sad about the damage that does to the relationships of the people I'm with. I do too, and I think it's the job of the artist to hold up a mirror, right, to myself and to people around me and say, hey, did you notice this? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I noticed. I noticed it mainly because young people, I have a granddaughter who's pinned to her phone so often. Oh, it's, it's painful. And I do, I really want to take it and chuck it out the window, but, but of course, as a nonviolent person, I don't do that, <laughs> but I think great thoughts like that. <laughs> well, let's go into one last song. I think we've got time to fit that in comfortably. Uh, of course, 
more comfortably would be to sit with you for a few hours and hear more of the depth, more of the weave and the warp of the way you've knit together your life, your music, and your witness in the world. But how can we conclude your Song of the Soul? I think we can finish this time up together in the same way that I finished up the album, which is with a song that I wrote for my wife. I really love production, and sometimes, you know, you've heard some songs on here that have full band on them. But this one is just my guitar and voice. It's a very intimate song, and that's what felt appropriate in this moment. But I was again at the end of the month and needing to write a song for my Patreon peeps, and I was digging through an old box of scraps of lyrics, of which I have several around the house, and I was just digging through some old papers, and I came through not an idea for a song, not a couple of lines, but an entire lyric that I'd written that was complete, that I'd written about 10 years before. And at the time that I found it, Philip, my father-in-law, was just dying. He was in those last stages. And I had actually written the song, I'd written the lyric, 10 years before when my mother-in-law was dying, when my wife's mom, Benny, was leaving us. I wanted to kind of honor the complexity of that family can be, and also just say to her that I was standing right beside her as she navigated all of this. And it was interesting to me to find that, you know, when I originally wrote that lyric, the music didn't come, couldn't find it for whatever reason. And when I found it again 10 years later, in a moment that echoed the first moment, I found that the music came right out and the song was ready to be done. And so this is how the album ends and how I guess we can end our time together, Mark. It's always a pleasure. Oh, it's a great pleasure to be with you. Are you out touring much these days? I mean, it's, it is winter here, so I'm, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's you're supposed to be hibernating or something. Well, I will be quite a lot in 2024, but I am not doing anything else in December, and I think I've just got a weekend out in January, so I'm taking a bit of a breath, and then I get back to work. Well, I hope this is healing and holing to have this time down. Sometimes I think I don't wish the pandemic on anyone, on us, but I do wish the mindfulness and centeredness that were one of the gifts of a horrible time. Sometimes if we're smart enough, we do it for ourselves. Yeah, thanks for that reminder, Mark. I really do appreciate that wisdom. And I think really the fundamental miracle of the universe is compost, turning the really hard things, the refuse, into new life and something beautiful. And it happens all the time, whether we like it or not, all around us. It's how the universe is wired. Not only does all life lead to death, but all death leads back to life. And to participate in that wonder is a great privilege. I'm hoping you have the bumper sticker, Compost Happens. <laughs> I should, but I don't. No, it's really good. If I were just a little bit more together, I'd put that on my to-do list and I'd send you one. But... <laughs> <laughs> I imagine I can find it. Thank you again so much, David. And again, we've been talking with David Lamott, website davidlamott.com, the links on nordenspiritradio.org. It's so wonderful having time with you, and I look forward to more soon. Thank you, Mark. Likewise. We're listening to You Are Loved, and we'll see you again next week for Song of the Soul. So you trip on the roots of your family tree Long for the life you expected to see but the branches are knotted with wounds of the wind It's hard to imagine spring coming again Let's leave all of the leaves on the ground where they lie 
Stare up through the branches at the purpling sky. Rest our heads on those leaves until we can dream of the brown wood above us, all dripping with green. Tell your story, I will listen. I'll say all the wrong things like I usually do, and make jokes when I shouldn't, and confuse me with you. There at the end, I hope you'll understand you are loved. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. The whole world is moving, though it seems we are still. Tilting back toward the sun, so let's shake off this chill. I will light up the fire, set the kettle for tea, get your warmest of blankets, and curl up next to me. And that will not make all the pain go away, or bring back the bright sun to these darkest of days. But perhaps it will warm us with just enough light to hold on through the hours of this longest of nights. Tell your story. I will listen. I'll say all the wrong things like I usually do, and make jokes when I shouldn't, and confuse me with you. But there at the end, I hope you'll understand you are loved. You are. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helps Meet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.